Helping you build a better brand through the fusion of form and function. This is the Rightly Designed Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas and this is the Rightly Designed Show. Pricing. Pricing is one of those things that is incredibly difficult to nail down. If you have experience with creating products or just tearing out services that you offer, you're probably well aware with how difficult that can be. There's a lot of different things to take into account when it comes to pricing. You have to consider the market that you're trying to reach. You have to consider the value of what it is that you're offering. You have to consider things like uh, do the current trends in whatever market. So, you know, is it a high market? Is it a low market? Is it in demand? Is it not in demand? How many competitors do you have to deal with and how much, uh, and again, how many, how, how many clients or customers or potential clients or customers are there who you're able to reach. All these things and many other things can factor into deciding and determining pricing for your products and services. But what I wanted to talk about today was a specific element of pricing that can dramatically impact your brand. And that is the concept or the idea of raising your prices. So this would come into play after you've already created a product or created products or services, and you decide later down the road that you would want to raise pricing. Now, the question would co- comes about, okay, so why would you ever want to raise pricing? So there's a lot of different reasons why somebody would want to raise pricing for products or services. For products, it could be that the cost of goods or cost of services to, to create those products is going up. So, for example, if you're offering, you know, if you're selling T-shirts and for whatever reason, the pricing or the the manufacturer or the supplier of those T-shirts goes up, you have to raise your prices to compensate. Or if you're hiring people and you're growing and, you know, there's just different portions of your business that you have to compensate for, that may be a reason as well that you have to raise your prices. Some reasons for raising your prices are better than others. Some are justified. Some aren't as justified. If you've got something like a service-based business where you're offering, you know, time for dollars in essence, sometimes it's a requirement for you to raise your prices because your time becomes less. So because you have more clients or because you're taking on other things or your time is just more in demand, and you're able to raise those prices. So again, it kind of depends if you're offering if you're offering products or services and the type of products and services that you're offering that you may or may not consider actually raising your prices. So there's a couple of examples I wanted to talk about today and one of them is Evernote. So recently Evernote decided that they were going to raise their prices. So a lot of times what happens when these different companies raise their prices is that it creates quite a stir and they get a pretty big wave of negative feedback. So here's uh, this actually an article in The Verge that actually touches on this. And as always, if you want to check out, I'm going to be mentioning a number of different articles in this, uh, in this particular episode, which you want to probably check out because it gives you a lot of different things that you can consider, look through in some more detail. So just go to rightlydesignedshow.com slash 21. There you'll find the show notes and links to all these different articles. Okay, but the article says the biggest change, and again, this is referring back to Evernote raising their prices. The biggest change will affect most uh, the most users is coming to the basic plan. Evernote Basic remains a free-to-use service, but it is now limited to two devices per account. 
Prior to this, basic users could use uh, could sync their notes with an unlimited number of devices. Evernote recently made uh, a passcode locking a feature, but that likely won't placate the basic users accustomed to accessing their notes on a variety of services or on a, a variety of devices at the same time. The basic plan is also limited to 60 megabytes of upload per month. The Plus and Premium plans offer unlimited device syncing, offline notes on mobile devices, 1 gigabytes or 10 gigabytes for the premium of uh, upload space, and in the case of Premium, features designed to help organize business cards. The Plus tier is now priced at $3.99 a month, up from $2.99 or $34.99 a year, while the Premium plan jumps from $5.99 a month to $7.99 a month or $69.99 a year. Okay, so in essence, what happened with Evernote is they've decided to take their Plus tier, which was $2.99, and raise it to $3.99, so a dollar a month. Now their Premium plan, which actually I, I personally happen to use, they decided to jump from $5.99 a month to $7.99 a month, so $2.00. So the actual backlash from this has been fairly great. So there's been a lot of different talk on social media and around the web about them raising prices and people are unhappy and that sort of thing. Uh, so there's an article in The Guardian that actually touches on this, and they got a response back from the company's chief executive, Chris O'Neill. And he said that the price, uh, the price raises were necessary if Evernote was to continue investing in the software. So remember previously, I touched on a number of different reasons why a company or an individual or a small business or whatever it is may consider raising prices. So here's why Evernote said they did. They said, our goal is to continue improving Evernote for the long term, investing in our core products to make them more powerful and intuitive while also delivering often requested new features. But that requires a significant investment of energy, time, and money. We're asking the people who get the most value from Evernote to help us make that investment and in return to reap the benefits as a result. As a sweetener to basic users, Evernote is also adding a passcode lock feature to the free tier. Again, this is continuing with the article. But that's not enough to stop a number of users uh, from complaining about the changes on Evernote's own site. Some of the first comments after the announcement were things like, uh, the app is slowly but surely starting to price itself out of the market. And another said, I love Evernote, but I'm not sure I love it that much. So from another perspective, or at least from the consumer perspective, Michael Hyatt actually made a really good point about this, and he wrote this up uh, on an article on his blog. And he said, Evernote upped its prices last month. The premium package, which is what I use, jumped from $50 a year to $70 a year. That's a big hike, and some people are complaining like crazy. I can't tell you how many Twitter and Facebook rants I've seen about this. I won't join the chorus. To me, it represents a real-life example of short-sighted frugality. Can we be honest for a moment? Yes, by itself, the price hike looks significant. But we're talking $20, and again, he's talking about the year version. For a year's worth of what every user I know recognizes as a fantastic productivity app. That's a pizza, it's a couple of lunches, it's a few cups of coffee, and people are threatening to abandon a platform they love over it. I'm all for frugality, but frankly, this doesn't make sense. What's really interesting is how the Evernote price hike uh, highlights a divide I see with people all the time. So the bottom line is, 
there's a lot of angry customers out there. And again, Michael Hyatt makes a very good point, at least from the consumer standpoint. It's in all, you know, it, realistically, what you're, you're talking about as a consumer is an, an extra dollar a month or an extra $2 a month because most people pay monthly, not yearly. Um, and even if you do, he's making the point, even if you pay yearly, you're talking $20, that's a pizza. So the the amount of cost that they're asking for is so low and it's so insignificant. Um, but that's not really, if from a branding perspective, that's not really the main the main driving force and the main point. Part of what's happened to, to Evernote in this situation is that they, and sometimes this is just outside of their control. And so sometimes this is where it just helps to have a strategy going into a change like this. But the problem is that Evernote has allowed the pricing change to drive the narrative. So what I mean by that is everybody's talking, even Michael Hyatt is going on there and he's defending the price increase and going through and saying, hey, if you like the product and you're that invested in the product, what's the big deal paying a couple extra bucks, especially when they say they're going to add all these new features? But the problem is that the narrative that we're reading on The Guardian or The Verge of all these different news websites, it's all focused on the price. Everybody's focused on the price. What's completely left out of the equation for most of this is the fact that they're adding a whole bunch of new features. See, so that's part of the part of the issue here. And again, some of this may be outside of Evernote's control. But if you wanted to, again, build your brand in a positive way, if you wanted to be able to put the focus in the right place, the focus would be to highlight the specific features that they're going to be adding and to make the pricing increase kind of secondary. So I'm going to be touching on a little bit later in this episode some of the practical things that we can take in mind and that we can take into account when and if we're raising our own prices. But that's really what has kind of snowballed this issue here with Evernote is the fact that, again, the pricing, not the feature or the product, has taken uh, has taken the narrative has uh, has taken kind of pushed the narrative forward again. All of these articles and all these different news sites and all these blogs are focusing on the price, not on Evernote. They Evernote could have raised the price a penny and people still would have complained about it because it's the price. Uh, anyways, that's the price that's actually being focused upon. Another company that actually went through the same uh, issue recently was Netflix. You may remember it would have been back in, I think it was around October 2015, that Netflix also raised their prices. Now, their prices went from $8.99 a month to $9.99 a month. Uh, So they went through kind of the same backlash where everybody was super upset with it. Like, how dare Netflix go through and raise their prices. So CNN Money has an article that kind of highlights uh, this particular event back when it happened in October. It said the popular streaming TV service is hike, is hiking the cost of its standard plan from $8.99 a month to $9.99. Customers might complain, but investors cheered. Netflix stock, which was down earlier in the day, ticked up more than 6% after the announcement. The $1 raise... Uh, affects new customers in the United States, Canada, and Latin America right away, but it won't affect most existing subscribers for a year. To continue adding more TV shows and movies, including uh, including many Netflix original titles, and this is a quote from Netflix, we are modestly raising the price for some new members in the U.S., Canada, and Latin America, Netflix said in a statement. 
as a thank you to existing Netflix members who aren't already benefiting from a previous price guarantee, we will maintain their price for a current year. So one of the the things that Netflix did to kind of alleviate this problem was to phase it in gradually. They made the announcement a year in advance, and it only applied to to new customers, but they phased it in after an entire year. Now, of course, there's going to be a a plus, you know, there's going to be a positive and a negative to this. Positive, of course, is that you're giving people a lot of forewarning. The negative is that after a year, most people are going to completely forget. And then once that price increase takes effect, they're going to remember again, and you're just going to go through this whole cycle of bad press and your customers complaining about the fact that they have to pay an extra dollar. And yes, a lot of people did complain about the fact that Netflix went up an entire dollar. But again, it goes back to that that point that Michael Hyatt was making in the sense that from a customer perspective, why are you complaining? You're talking, you're seriously, you're talking about a dollar, talking about $12 a year. So it's not really much of a, a price increase. But again, the reason it's even an issue, the reason why it's even reflecting negative on Netflix is because the price is the thing that's that's driving the narrative. It's the thing on which everybody is focusing upon. So there's another uh, article that kind of touched on some of the user reactions, because they did some polling and that sort of thing, is that according to Business Insider, 41% of users claim they wouldn't pay more for Netflix, according to the USB survey. But that doesn't mean they'd actually cancel if the price goes up, especially by a few dollars. USB wrote that it is uncommon for consumers to admit they are willing to pay more for most services, which puts the actual cancellation numbers at around 3 to 4% of users. And as the article goes on, that's not that bad. Uh, and, you know, it kind of goes on and talks about uh, some other different situations that somewhat apply. But the point is that upfront, 41% of users claim they would not pay for Netflix. However, the vast majority of them say they wouldn't cancel either. So at the end of the day, as it mentions, it was around 3 to 4% of users that actually canceled. So, I mean, that's still not a great amount of people to lose. And as a, from a business perspective, you would want to make sure that the amount you're losing wouldn't uh, take, you know, wouldn't cancel out the amount that you're raising your prices. But the point is, what it does from in terms of from a branding perspective is the raising of those prices. Uh, it may generate more revenue, more income, and all those things that are important to the business. But the way that it was done by making that pricing the focus has reflected poorly, of course, on that brand. So how much will that affect Netflix? How much will it affect Evernote? Probably not that much. It probably won't make that big of a difference. But for smaller businesses and for smaller brands and for people who are just starting out, it can have a huge impact. So that's why it's really important to consider these things carefully. And of course, you know, if you are creating prices, you want to, you know, make sure that those things are going to be very well thought out beforehand. But also, if you do change them, to kind of learn from what some of these bigger brands do, kind of some of their mistakes, some of the things they've done well, how they've implemented it. So it helps a lot to take some time to consider these things very carefully. So as I mentioned uh, here shortly in the episode, I'm going to be breaking down some things that we can apply to our own brands to ensure that if we are changing or raising prices or setting prices to begin with, we can do so effectively. 
Okay, I wanted to take a quick moment to pause and tell you about our sponsor of this episode, and that is FreshBooks. FreshBooks is actually a cloud-based accounting software that I've personally been using ever since I've started Rightly Designed, and I use it for a number of different reasons. It makes it super quick and easy to create invoices, track expenses, create reports, uh, and a number of other features that are just that make my workflow and my life a lot easier. So another big reason why I decided to go with FreshBooks is the fact that not only does it take me only like 30 seconds to create an invoice, but those invoices are beautiful. They're organized, they're clean, they're easy to read. And as you may guess, as somebody who is a designer and a developer, having something that's well-designed is very important. So they have that. So there's a a whole bunch of other features that are built in. And as you may have guessed as well, I like to make things super easy for those I work with. I like to make the user experience great, which FreshBooks has done. So people can just jump in there, pay online really quick with an easy online form, and it's done. The invoice is out of the way. People can also set up auto billing. So if they, you know, they don't even want to worry about it, they just want to automatically be billed however often. FreshBooks uh, allows you to do that as well. Also, have tons of different payment gateways that you can connect with as well. So again, everything's super easy to use and it looks great. It's the best uh, online cloud accounting software that I have found to date and I highly recommend it. So FreshBooks is offering listeners of the Rightly Designed show a 30-day free trial. So I highly recommend you just jump in there, try it out. I think you'll see pretty quickly how powerful it is. And again, you can try out some of those features that I mentioned previously. If you'd like to do that, just go to gofreshbooks.com slash rightly designed. That's gofreshbooks.com slash rightly designed again, and they're going to give you a 30-day free trial. So that's gofreshbooks.com slash rightly designed and enter rightly designed in the how did you hear about us section. Have a question about design, branding, marketing, or WordPress? Take a quick moment to visit rightlydesigned.com slash question and record your question for the show. If it's featured in an episode, we'll send you a free Rightly Designed idea book as our thanks. Get all the information at rightlydesigned.com slash question. Okay, so now that we've gone through some of the effects that raising or changing prices has had or can have on some other brands, Let's take a little bit of time to go through some ways that we can avoid having a price change affect our own brands. Let's see what we can kind of take away as a lesson from these different things we've explored thus far. And the best first way, you know, the first best way I should say that we can actually avoid this altogether is to set up a model that doesn't require raising prices at all. So that's not always possible. Obviously, if you're in a really competitive market, sometimes you just need to be able to raise prices or lower prices even based upon that particular model or that particular market. So like if we're to take a look at Evernote and Netflix as the two examples that we already you know looked at, they're both in really competitive markets. So Evernote has a bunch of different competitors coming out of the woodworks. You've got you know things that Google is creating. I think Microsoft's got Microsoft OneNote, and so all these different free web apps as well that are just making it more difficult for them to compete. Now, some may argue that may be reason for you to actually lower your prices. But again, as the uh, the head of the company was saying, they can't necessarily do that because they have more costs and they're wanting to implement more features. So it's kind of a 
chicken before, you know, chicken or the egg type situation where you have to kind of know, you know, you have to raise your prices in order to create those new products, which then make you competitive with your competitors. However, your competitors have lower prices, which makes them undercut you. So it's very tricky balance. And so all that to say is it's not always possible to create a pricing structure that can just remain flat and steadfast across the board for years to come. I currently use a service called Adobe Creative Cloud, which has Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator, all the design tools and everything. And they price that at, I think it's $49.95 a month. And that's for a monthly subscription that's fairly high. Um, but that's set at such a, a height to the sense that to, uh, in the sense that it enables them not really to need to raise their prices in the future. It's high enough to where people will pay for it. Like someone for uh, like me, for example, who uses it on a daily basis will pay that, but it's at a high enough level to where you would expect they wouldn't have to raise that price in the near future. If we're to go back to like Netflix, for example, the price was $8 and 99 cents. So eight ninety nine was the price per month for Netflix. That's really low, right? For all that they have to provide, they provide, you know, tons and tons of different movies. And then they're always creating their own own like exclusive ones on top of everything else that they provide on top of that. Now, Adobe Creative Cloud, while there's a lot to, you know, a lot that they have to maintain and update, technically they're they're not offering you nearly as many specific products that you, you know, you can actually use and consume. Again, now, you know, Netflix is entertainment whereas uh, Adobe is work, you know, and it's for companies that produce a profit, so again, the amount you can charge is going to vary. But they were already so low. And so they've also had things coming out like, you know, Amazon Prime and Hulu and all these different other services to compete with. So again, similar to the Evernote situation, they have to raise their prices in order to create products to make themselves continue to stay competitive. Um, but it's one of those things where, again, if if you can charge enough, again, going back to that Adobe example, if you can charge enough, you don't ever have to make the pricing the focus. You can continue to uh, make the products and the services be the focal point. So another thing that we can do to avoid a backlash or to avoid it becoming the narrative or the focus that that people make when they're considering your brand or your company is to only raise your prices for new customers. So that is, you know, if somebody signs up and you've got like, let's say a subscription basis, a subscription model, like you got a membership site or something like that, if you need to raise your prices, try doing it only for the next, you know, raise it only for new customers. Or like if you've got an open cart or an enrollment that you offer for your membership site or for your reoccurring basis, the next time you open the cart or the next time that you open up enrollment for that membership site, raise the price at that point and then allow all your current customers to remain the same. And at that point in time, you don't even need to mention it because most people who are going to be signing up from that point forward, aren't even going to know that you charged less before. So everybody wins. Everybody's happy. You can raise your prices. Your current customers stay happy with what they already pay. And then you can raise it and, and charge more uh, that way out. And even you can even use that to your advantage in the sense that uh, to get people to sign up for your membership site or to your subscription model at the time by saying these prices are subject to change. Uh, you know, in the future, we may actually charge more per month. So, you know, sign up today and lock in that price and it'll never change. So 
Again, that's kind of a positive way that you can apply raising your prices. For an example, I currently use, or I have used for years, highly recommend Media Temple as my hosting company. Now, I was one of the, I signed up very, very early on for their uh, premium WordPress hosting, which I've mentioned in previous episodes. And at the time I had done it, they actually offered a whole bunch of, they offered a different package that they don't offer now, which is they offered three different websites and they had all the different bandwidth broken down, but three really worked well for me at the time. And that's what I signed up with. Now they haven't really changed their prices. They don't offer less uh, or anything like that. It's just they offer different packages. But what they did is they just grandfathered me in. So, you know, I don't have to worry about them cutting a website out and then charging me less, or I don't have to worry about, you know, them forcing me to upgrade or something like that. They just kind of grandfathered me in. So as a user, I continue to get everything that I've always gotten. Uh, But for new users, they can only select from the different uh, packages they have available. And again, they didn't, they didn't raise their prices. They just kind of changed the way that they offered their packaging. Um, So there wasn't really like a negative change in that sense. But they were very smart the way that they implemented it. They grandfathered older users in rather than forcing them to do something or disrupting their daily workflow. Again, that's part of why Netflix and Evernote made news is because they're disrupting their current users. That may have been a requirement for them. But again, the more you can avoid disrupting somebody's current workflow or the current experience that they're used to, the less backlash that you're going to receive. So another thing to consider as well, and this is something that I thought was kind of a mistake on the end of Evernote, and that is if you offer something for free or if you offer a a lower tier option or something like that, don't ever remove features. Like I think we talked about this at uh, some uh, in a recent interview I did with Ann Janzer, the author of Subscription Marketing, which, by the way, if you haven't heard that, I highly recommend you uh, give that one a listen. We went through the subscription model basis in a lot of detail, and we covered quite a few different really important topics. And we touched on this one at, at, as well. Uh, but if you want to check that out, just go to rightlydesignedshow.com slash 18. That's just rightlydesignedshow.com slash 18. Do highly recommend you give that one a listen if you have not already. Um, but that's just a that can have a huge impact on your current users. It can that alone can cause people to leave. With Evernote, they removed the ability for free users to sync across all devices. Now I think it said you can only sync between two. And so as we saw, there's a lot of people who are leaving or are upset about that, and are just specifically throwing a stink about that feature being removed. So that's going to do in the long run the bad publicity or people leaving is going to cause more of a negative impact than just leaving it in. So again, if you offer something for free or if you offer a lower tier package, if you can at all avoid it, always, always, always avoid removing something uh, rather than like, for example, leave everything as it is and see if you can add something to some of the higher tier uh, packaged pricing that would enable you to charge more and justify that. So that's kind of the next thing I was going to offer as a suggestion when it comes to your pricing. If you're going to raise your pricing, see if there's a way that you can add value. So if you're adding, so for example, if you have a monthly service, or even if you've got a product, improve that product, make it justify that higher pricing. So this is one of the things I touched on with Evernote and with Netflix, 
is, again, the narrative being driven. And again, this may be outside their control to a certain extent, but it was the price. And again, if you raise your price a penny, people are going to complain about it if price is all that's being focused upon. But if you can demonstrate all the extra added features and benefits that you're adding to that specific product or service, you can make that be the focus. And you can demonstrate to people why it's worth them to pay more. And you can even show why it's a bargain for them to pay a little bit more. And again, you can draw contrast with other competitors, with other solutions, or with other services, and that sort of thing. So the last thing I was going to touch on, which I've been touching on here and there throughout this whole episode, is where to keep the focus. And again, I just kind of mentioned it and, and alluded to it, but that's to keep the focus off the price. Again, when price is the focus, the price can never be low enough. Even if something's free, people will find something to complain about. So that's why you always want to find ways to add value and to shift the focus on anything other than the price. Because realistically, if you offer enough value to someone, somebody is going to be willing to pay for that value, you know, if you're going to be able to deliver to them a change that they're after. So again, some things that you can do to take the focus off of price is to demonstrate the features. You can demonstrate the difference between other solutions currently out there. If you offer a service, show what makes your service unique. If you offer a product, display what makes that product essential and leagues above the others that don't currently offer the other features that that product does. So there's a lot of different things to consider, but hopefully just taking some time to take a look at how pricing changes have affected other brands, we can take those into account to make sure that we're always presenting our brand in a strategic way that makes it you know, ha- resound with the people we're trying to reach as well as to do so in an effective manner. So again, I do hope you found this. Uh, I do hope that you found this episode useful. If you have a question, uh, any question related to branding, design, marketing, WordPress development, any of the, the topics that we have discussed to some extent in previous episodes, uh, feel free to visit rightlydesigned.com slash question. I've got a little area there where you can actually record a question, submit it. I'd be happy to take a look at it or listen to it and consider it for a full episode where I can answer your question at length. And again, even bring in some examples and suggestions uh, regarding that question. So again, I do want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Rightly Design Show. And we'll see you next week. Enjoying the Rightly Designed show? Please consider taking a quick moment to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or the channel of your choice. Visit rightlydesigned.com show for links to these channels and more.